0: The, the only people I know that got into pickup and stayed in pickup were just kind of like the bottom of the barrel, really weird guys in the first place who don't really understand how weird it is. Tactics aren't really going to work unless you have a solid sort of framework of who you are as a person and you have decent values. And otherwise, you're just, you know, it, it, it's just weird and it's creepy. But first, a word from our sponsors.
1: Dogecoin to the moon? Ready to buy the dip? Start investing in cryptocurrency today with Coinbase. And you can get $10 worth of Bitcoin for free after signing up at manhorpod.com slash crypto. Come on, how much longer is this fiat thing going to last? Dick wipes. Yes, I am telling you about Promessence new dick wipes. These wipes will help you last longer in bed and take up no more space than a condom buy Promescent's new delay wipes today at promescent p-r-o-m-e-s-c-e-n-t dot com now let's get to the show welcome to the man podcast Shout out to the freaks, the geeks, and all the theater nerds in the sheets. This is Billy Prasida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. This week on the show, everybody, I have got on dating strategist and coach, Robbie Kramer. He's the founder of Inner Confidence, and he hosts the Leverage Podcast, uh, a show I was on myself this week. You should go check it out after you're done with this one. Uh, this was a um, a surprisingly... Awesome conversation, and I only say surprisingly because Robbie, you know, is a guy who teaches guys how to connect with women, and that will always make me suspect. But uh, Robbie and I had a really fantastic talk. Looking forward to sharing that with you all in a little bit. Um, th- so, so this relationship with Wallet Note Lady, as those of you who follow me on Instagram know her, uh, has surprised me. In terms of what I'm capable of, I've been thinking a lot about it. Traditionally, I've I've not thought about my future too much. It's always some hopefully improved version of what I do today. Talking about sex and love and making people giggle, sometimes showing my dick for money. Some version of that. Uh, you know, Being a professional poor person, busting his ass to tiptoe the line of a lower middle class always prevented me from looking too far into the future when it comes to like what I want in relationships. In terms of children, I always think about how I'm trying to support myself one $2 Patreon pledge at a time, so how on earth could I even contemplate supporting another human being? In terms of marriage or long-term relationships, I've never made it even two years with a woman. I figured I should know how we both celebrate a leap year before I start wondering about joining bank accounts. That's why I was so surprised when she and I discussed fluid bonding and her lack of birth control control at the time, and uh, and and I was thinking then, you know, this would be the least worst person to have a surprise kid with. Like I could see it, people. Hopefully, right? Not right now. I mean, but like I I can see it all at some unknown future point, and it doesn't freak me out like it used to. Even last week, I could see it. I saw her in my mind's eye. I saw her pregnant, and she looked incredible. I saw us in a home, uh, bigger than my studio or her co-op, and and it was ours. I saw us older, not old, but older, and, and thriving in threesomes and beach trips and looking at each other like light bulbs shine behind our faces. I saw her advanced in her career and and me cheerleading her rise up the academia ladder. Her published in books and journals with widespread respect among her colleagues. Yeah, that that part surprised me. Because it wasn't me with a Netflix show I was picturing. It wasn't me touring stand-up or doing sex ed workshops. It wasn't me launching my book. It it was her at the center being the star. Don't get me wrong, I still want to make it in bigger ways, but in this future world filled with post-it notes in my wallet, I was shockingly content supporting her in her career and in our life together. Fucking weird to imagine after six months. Fucking weird for me to imagine, period. I mean, Paige and I contemplated the, the concept of moving in together in the months before we broke up, but that's the most that it's ever gone for me. I was never a guy worth thinking of the future with because I've barely been a guy worth sharing your heart with. This is even after I slowed myself down earlier this year and I tried like taking this relationship at a cautious pace. Cause I've been trying to like be, you know, responsible with my heart until she told me love bomb me. <laughs> she was like, don't hold back. You know, she she told me to unlearn whatever I think I've been learning about healthier dating practices, over the past decade. So, fuck it. You know, I let myself let myself love the idea of of having an our bed to come home to, even if it wasn't our bed yet. That's why when she broke up with me last week, it, it didn't feel like my other breakups. I wasn't being punished for an egregious behavior. It wasn't not working out. It wasn't losing just someone. I mean, I was losing a future Life we both fantasized about, An entire future of potentials dropped in a moment, like GameStop stock steeply and suddenly. And Kramer on CNBC CN- was saying, "I told you so." I can't tell you why we're breaking up. I have theories, but uh, this all doesn't make much sense to me. This feels cosmically wrong. This feels like a focal point in the multiverse, where like a new branch veers off, creating who knows what parallel reality, where Matt Damon is Spider Man. I'm still pretty fucking raw right now. Uh, about a week later, I, I got to tell you that uh, that first day, I could I could feel my organs and muscles floating inside of my skin, and and there was no ground beneath my feet. Even as as I record this right now, like my nerves. They register physical sensations, but my heart cavity feels cavernous, and if you shouted into it, there would definitely be an echo. I was hoping to avoid some kind of a dramatic life update here with what went wrong or with how shattered I feel or some sort of dwelling on it, some sort of soliloquy. I know this is almost five minutes, but uh, that that's pretty short for me if you're new to the show. <laughs> so So I don't know. You're getting this for now. Andrea Allen and I might do like a breakup episode kind of thing, TBD. And I know my whole thing is letting you all eavesdrop on my sex and love life, but this one feels a very different sort of way. Maybe I should like take a beat before unloading it all on a podcast. I don't know. I'm just trying to learn from these 400 plus episodes. Even if it denies my listeners, for now, uh, the next chapter of this story, and if if this if this part of the story is truly done, I don't know. I think the whole quest for love thing might be over. Might be time to change the subtitle a little bit because um, there's a bar set with this one. I don't like. I don't want. I don't want to like have to go date five, ten, twenty other women just to like find out what I already know. It's her. I know that, and I promise I was I tried to be as skeptical with myself as possible, but um, it's her, so we'll see. Uh, this this is gonna be kind of weird transitioning into a fan whore appreciation moment, but let's go ahead and do it because you know what she deserves her shout out. Uh, not wallet, no lady, this lady. Uh, so this is a part of the podcast. I like to give a shout out to a member or two of the fan whore community on Patreon. And I want to say thank you to, uh, to all my members for being so kind and supportive. Uh, a lot of you knew and know what was going on there. So, uh, and y'all reached out privately with some very kind words. I appreciate that. But I also want to thank Sarah Hidgey. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing a little bit more of a you and your husband getting into it in the peep show because, you know, nothing makes me, um, get over missing the loving, intimate, powerful sex that i was having with my now ex than to see other couples have their intimate hard pounding crying into each other's arms is this getting sad i'm sorry i sorry you've been a wonderful new member of the community love seeing you popping up in the champagne room in the peep show we are happy to have you and you too can support uh, the work i'm doing here with the man who Were podcast on patreon Get your own shout out, get your own perks, join us in the Peep Show. You can become a member today for as little as $2 at patreon.com slash manwhorepodcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash manwhorepodcast. You know, last week I read an advice email from a fella who was uh struggling in a situationship of sorts. And something that stuck out to me in his email to me that he was like, yeah, and like your show is helping me embrace my inner slut. And I get very nervous when I hear cishet men, or men who like primarily fuck women, uh, tell me how excited they are to hear a slutty guy talking on the internet about his stories, about his encounters, and how it's letting them be like, I can be slutty too. And uh, I think they kind of miss... A lot of stuff in between, and then I, it makes me very nervous that I am accidentally sending off boy whores into the world without like a lot of the sex positivity and the grounding in respect and concern for for your partner. Parts of this all the the decentering yourself to prioritize the wants and needs and boundaries of other. I get very nervous when y'all write me and be like, "Yeah, I'm like a man whore too," and I'm like, "Ooh." I think we use that word very differently, sir. So I say all that to say, my conversation with Robbie Kramer was really thoughtful. Uh, it, it's not dissimilar to my chat with dating coach Connell Barrett earlier this year, which I know there were a lot of uh, mixed feelings about, both good and bad. And so when you're listening to Robbie and I chat, I hope you just don't hear this as licensed to indiscriminately fuck bitches, so to speak. Uh, as as my friends at Multiamory will say don't weaponize this shit just make sure when you're embracing your inner man whore like make sure you're also embracing responsibility and empathy and emotional consideration for those women you're banging uh, sometimes even at the cost of yourself this is not all just say, a map to pussy this is a map to a way of thinking about sexuality Anyways, Robbie Kramer, really good episode. Uh, I did a, a recording of his show, Leverage Podcast. That's also out this week. I'll have a link in the show notes, but after you're done listening to me, interview Robbie. You should go listen to Robbie, interview me, and with that, going to do a couple of ad reads. And we're going to go chat with Robbie Kramer. Everyone wants to be better in bed. Well, except for selfish jerks and most asexuals. But you probably want to be better in bed, Right? You're not like that guy in the oral sex auditions episode who, uh, he said he was a sex god even though he totally wasn't. (laughs) That's why I've been telling you all about Promescent. Their delay spray and delay wipes are must-haves. If you have a penis... Or you have a penis in your life, and that penis comes a little sooner than you'd like. Maybe maybe that penis gets so close to getting the job done uh, the way you want to, and it, it doesn't make it there. Because we're not... I'm not talking about premature ejaculation. I'm not just... Which, this product is great for them, too. Their new dick wipes, they're perfect for that person in the three to five minute range who want to go ten minutes and beyond. Plus, a box of them make for great stocking stuffers. I'm looking at you, Polly Pockets. Get one or two big boxes. You've got wipes for everybody. Come on now. This is a no-brainer. Load up your cart with any of their premium sexual wellness products, condoms, lubes, massage gels, any of that for a better night with the person or persons you spend it with. Visit permescent.com to be better in bed today or like whenever the shipment comes into your door. Uh, again, that's Promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T.com and let them know the man whore podcast sent you motor bunny has been a longtime sponsor of the man whore podcast we love them they love me wunderbar the motor bunny if you don't know it's a super powerful ride on top vibrator that you can crank all the way to 11 you got to be a certain age i think to get that reference uh (laughs) you can crank this thing up until your pussy is numb or just to see how much your ass can take Or, hey, you know, the lower levels are plenty strong but pleasant vibration themselves. Hey, the first time I opened a motor bunny, I actually, I I sat on it. So I had the motor bunny in me. Then my girlfriend at the time, she straddled me. I'm in her. It's in me. She could feel my cock vibrating inside of her through the vibrations in my ass. I mean, if that's not power, I don't know what it is you're looking for. And now their newest addition, the motor bunny buck adds a thrusting element to the entire game thrusting yeah fuck machines we are selling fuck machines for you and your loved ones this holiday season and you can get a special man whore podcast discount when you use promo code man at motorbunny.com so get oh and i forgot to tell you this um yes this is a pricier item but you can finance it mm, delicious i love I love the idea of uh, paying your phone bill, paying your utility bill, paying your vibrator bill, you know, adult shit. <laughs> so get your motor bunny or motor bunny buck today at com slash motor bunny or use promo code manhor at checkout. Now let's get to the show.
0: The idea was originally like leverage your social skills to have other points of like leverage in, in your everyday life like if you're really good socially that could impact your business that could impact obviously your relationships your finances so what my uh my idea was kind of going in that direction but i agree it's a shitty name
1: <laughs> i don't think it has to be shitty It just maybe needs a subtitle it could like i'm producing this podcast uh the joy of text now do you know what that's about Yeah, exactly. But you know, we throw on a subtitle on there, uh, "The Joy of Text," where real sex meets Jewish law, and boom! Now, now we know what the show's about. That's all. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, the underneath or somewhere, at least on the um, on the logo, oh no, it doesn't say it on the logo. I should add it. It says dating and lifestyle advice that doesn't suck. But I should add that. (laughs) I should add that more.
1: (laughs) I like that idea, where like, because like, I also agree that one should go with what they're sincerely good at. Like, if you're funny. Be funny. But if you're not funny, don't try to be funny. Mm-hmm. It, it gets real bad. You would have to be so bad that it comes back around and then becomes funny. And you don't want to fuck around with that. Cause like if you fail at it, it's just fucking oh my not. <laughs> it's really
0: dangerous. I, I I run into that problem all the time because you know, guys who come to me with advice for how to be better with women, one of the first things they usually find on the internet is like, you need to be funny or you need to be, you know, flirty or, or charming. And I'm like, you're bro, like, don't even try, just, just be normal and be cool. And don't try to be funny. Cause you're going to fail. And a lot of them just won't listen. They're like, no, I have to be. I have to be. I'm like, okay, good luck.
1: (laughs) No, you don't understand. These bits are amazing, okay? It's all in the delivery. Hey, these are great bits. They just all happen to rely on racial stereotypes. (laughs) They're going to do great. (laughs) But this is probably a good time to say I'm here right now with dating coach and strategist, Robbie Kramer. Hello, hello, sir.
0: What's up, Billy? Great to be here.
1: Yes, yeah, nice to be talking again after doing your show yesterday. And uh, and we talked about this on, on your show that like, you know, there are a lot of dudes or like people, like a lot of people want to, you know, date better. And I think there's this obsession, especially amongst men, where it's like, oh, well, like, what's the thing I need to be to get pussy? And it's like, I don't know, try being yourself. And if yourself sucks, then make yourself better. And I think naturally you find that people are attracted to people who are bettering themselves, who'd, who'd have thought it.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because when I was 22 or 23, when I got into personal development, if someone would have told me, like, you should get into personal development, I wouldn't be like, that's fucking stupid. Why would I do that? I, you know, I just want to make money and, and, you know, do other stuff. But when I heard about guys, you know, teaching other guys how to like pick up women, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Cause that's like a, a straightforward sort of goal that I want, you know, I wanted to meet girls. I wanted to go out I wanted to get laid all that stuff. But what ended up happening was the, the horrible pickup shit that I got, you know, unfortunately like bombarded with, found my way into personal development and the personal development stuff is actually what allowed me to transform and have the success I wanted. But there was no way I was going to start with that just because it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a cool guy thing to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to like put my cards on the table, uh, I, I, I tend to be skeptical of people like you. <laughs> You're like, really, like, anyone who markets to men uh, on how to pick, or like really anyone who markets to any one gender on how to pick up a specific gender, I'm always <laughs> looking at you like, hmm, what's going on over here? And, you know, like I think I tend As to. As you
0: should be. As hmm. you should be. Because there's, I mean, the majority, the vast majority of people who teach this stuff are just trying to make money. They're, they're uh, basically like th- there's an audience of people who don't know what they're doing who can easily be scammed because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know who's the authority who to listen to because there's no like central agency governing who's giving quality advice and who's not. Mm-hmm. So any asshole with, you know, with a mouthpiece can just start spewing dating advice. And if you don't know what you're doing, you might just believe it. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just an industry that's riddled with with marketing people or other people that are just trying to to, to scam you. So you should be skeptical. Scum-
1: well, I'm glad my skepticism is uh, somewhat well placed. I think a lot of people don't realize that a high quality webcam is only like sixty, eighty bucks. Uh, you don't have to be approved to make it look and sound good, and then just say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> you know, that's how Infowars started. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they were like, "Let's just put a bomb third Chiron, and we'll look like the news, and then they'll treat us <laughs> like the news." <laughs> But yeah. uh, So I I had some skepticism typically about that stuff. And then I've learned through having a lot of these conversations that there are a lot of people who come into the dating coach world from the pickup world. You know, like some of y'all grow a conscience and realize, oh, there's a more ethical way to do this. Uh, and in learning about that, I learned that even within pickup artistry, uh, there are modes of thought that have more to do with the inner work and self improvement than the pickup. The the only people
0: I know that got into pickup and stayed in pickup were just kind of like the bottom of the barrel, really weird guys in the first place who don't who don't really understand how weird it is. Um, maybe people like on on the uh, autism spectrum that just don't have like a filter for some of that stuff. But almost everyone that I encountered that was normal, who came across the pickup stuff was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Maybe some of that can be useful, but it's just tactics. And, and tactics aren't really going to work unless you have, you know, a solid sort of framework of who you are as a person and you have decent values and, Otherwise, you're just, you know, it, it's just weird and it's creepy. And that's what I found when I when I got into it. You know, someone was like, yeah, you got to read this book called The Game. And I was like, what is it? He's like, oh, it's like the Bible on how to pick up chicks. And it looked like a Bible. And I was like, I'm not going to read that. And he's like, dude, trust me, just read it. And he was just like a, a golf buddy of mine in college. So I read it and it was like incredibly, like you couldn't put it down. It was just totally fascinating to read. And I went out and I tried a couple of the silly lines in there and I actually took home a girl the first time i approached so i was like okay this is kind of interesting i can't believe that worked um went up to a girl that i had seen earlier at a we were at a house party but i didn't talk to her at the house party and then we went to a bar all together like a big group of us and then i called her Minnie mouse and um you know that was like a line from the book i'm like you look like a cute version of Minnie mouse and And then she was all like, you know, Minnie Mouse, what do you mean? And um, We ended up like making out like 15 to 30 seconds later because I used another bullshit sort of thing from the book. Um, And then so my first experience with using these tactics like, wow, this shit actually works. But then, you know, we, we hooked up, we had sex. And then I really liked this girl. I thought she was, you know, way out of my league, amazing, beautiful. But then when I followed up with her to try to see her again, you know she, she ghosted me. So it was kind of a combination of, wow, this stuff really works. But also, you know, I thought I just needed to kind of use more material. So then I kind of went down this horrible rabbit hole of using more weird stuff and it, it got me nowhere. Um, and then luckily two or three months later, I'm like, all right, this is garbage. You know, I just got lucky right time, right place with that first sort of encounter. And then that's where I kind of got into more like mainstream personal growth and started working on my insecurities. I was totally insecure. I was a bit overweight, you know, dorky sort of Jewish kid that played golf and didn't spend a lot of time, you know, trying to date or anything like that. So I don't know if that answered the question exactly, but that's how I kind of got into it and luckily found my way out of it not, you know, after not too much time.
1: And, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, because the game has become the game and it's all, you know, all this stuff is really available on the Internet. You know, women can learn about these tactics and identify them in the wild. And then, OK, so I've got this listener. Uh, I'm going to call her A. What's up, A? Hey, you know who you are. So A was out clubbing one night and she ends up going home with these two guys to hook up. Uh, and after the threesome, the guys admitted that they used pickup tactics to get her into bed. And so she spent the rest of the night learning all these moves from them. And so then, you know, she would go out and when dudes would try to do these things to her, she'd call, she'd call them call out them on out. it. Right. Like, oh, sweet neg bro, you know, or, right. uh, or, Hey, yeah, you don't have to lean that close. I, I know you're trying to hit that 45 degree angle, <laughs> but uh, you can go back a little bit. So there's also just because people knowing about it and it not being a secret anymore, women can now learn from all of it and defend against it. But what got you down the pickup rabbit hole in the beginning? You know, like what was your experience level when you found it? And what were you hoping to find?
0: I was almost graduated from university. So I was 22 years old. And, um, you know, I lost my virginity when I was 18, had my first girlfriend as like a senior in high school, and then had basically one girlfriend after that, almost throughout the entire co- college experience. Um, so maybe, you know, before I was introduced, I'd probably slept with six or seven women and, but I'd go out to the bars all the time. Like me and my buddies, we we lived in Pacific beach and every like f- shit, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, we'd go out to the bars and we all just get drunk and talk about like girls or talk about talking to girls, but no one would ever approach girls and no one would ever really do anything about it. But the guys I was hanging out with were these really good looking, tall, you know, chiseled surfer dudes. Girls would hit on them all the time. They'd bring girls home and I wouldn't, you know, and um, I'd, I'd hear them having sex in the room next to me because they were my roommates. And so it was, I was just bombarded a lot with these like, unrealistic like because that doesn't happen for most guys but in my universe it was like I was the only one of my friends who wouldn't just like randomly go out and get shit faced one night stumble out to the bars and bring home a girl so I kind of thought that was normal so when I came across this stuff to like you know th- the promises were ridiculous like go out to any bar and pull home the hottest girl I'm like oh th- this is cool because I can compete with my friends and I don't have to feel like the loser who doesn't get a girl um so that was kind of my motivation at at the beginning was to, was to almost just like not be the, you know, the loser amongst my roommates and friends. But I was always kind of like the, the more shy sort of dorky kid in high school and college. You know, I, I was, I was cool. I, I wasn't like the biggest dork or anything, but I always saw the girls I really wanted. I'm like, Oh, she's out of my league. I could never like get a girl like that. So I had these issues around like my, my looks, just my level of confidence, And there were just some girls that I would just meet them and I'd fall apart. Like I'd get tongue tied. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to do. And I'd act like this version of me that I was like, I don't even know who that guy is. I don't usually act like that around people I'm, you know, around normal people. But when I see these beautiful women, I, I get weird like that. And, you know, when I was introduced to the pickup stuff, I'm like, okay, this is a way to kind of combat that. This is something I can do. That's not this other thing that I default into.
1: Do you remember what the first thing you learned from pickup was?
0: It was just a bunch of silly opening lines, like the Mickey mouse thing, which was a neg. Um, it was this weird way to like, to start kissing a girl by start telling, telling her about like, you know, lions when they meet each other, they sniff each other's necks and, you know, sniff my neck. And then I would sniff her neck. Um, and it was just these weird sort of like escalation tactics to get physical, um, there is some stuff like that. That's and kind that, of
1: brilliant. Like I, yeah, in I mean, an evil kind of way, it is kind of brilliant.
0: The psychology behind, you know, the, the the pickup stuff, it's just reverse engineered seduction, right? Mm. It's like, okay, what happened with, with a usual seduction? How do we reverse engineer that? And there's, there's kind of like a, a normal stage with if you look at how most seductions occur – it's, you know, you start with some small talk and some banter, and that kind of escalates into more meaningful, rapport-based conversation, and then the conversation gets a little bit deeper and more intimate, and then touching, you know, starts to happen a bit more, and then, you know, you you go somewhere else, your friends kind of disappear from the scene, You're t- you're together, alone, and then you go back and you find somewhere to have sex. And so, really, the pickup guys just reverse-engineered that process and added in some sort of check marks and and checkpoints along the way uh and and they're teaching people to do that but the problem is with anything it's like you can use that for good or you could use that for evil and the approach Mm. that you take with that can be again it could be like I, I was never a guy who had I always loved women like I grew up with with sisters and and very close with my mom so I have never had any sort of like anger or or any like bad feelings or resentment or anything like that so when i learned about it i was just like oh this is great i could connect with more women of course i wanted to get laid more often too that's cool but it was more in the desire to like improve myself and give myself a chance to meet a higher quality companion whereas mm-hmm. a lot of these guys like these incels or guys you hear about that go out and like you know do the pickup stuff and they shoot and kill a bunch of people like i think those guys are obviously they have a lot of sort of mental shit going on and they want to you know, get back at women and, and fuck their way through their, you know, their shortcomings. And, yeah. and obviously you can use these tactics in a way that is super unhealthy like that if you want it to.
1: Yeah. And in seeing the success of these tactics, did you start feeling more confident?
0: Well, in the beginning, you know, that the, the only time the tactics worked was that first time.
1: Um, the, the exact oh god were you a bad pickup artist oh, that's like terrible <laughs> like bad is in not good at it not bad as in your soul <laughs>
0: <laughs> what with the with the like the old school pickup stuff with like the negs and the and the process like because it's very analytical and to succeed at that it, it's weird because you have really analytical guys computer guys it guys that are good at those analytical processes and then they're going to try to use this analytical thing to pick up women. It usually doesn't work for most people. Like most guys who try pick up horribly, miserably fail at it and they get more weird. And then they put on glasses and fuzzy hats and like light up shit, all the peacocking gear that you've probably heard that term before, Mm -hmm. you know, wear crazy stuff. So you, so you can spark conversation easier. So you get attention so, you know, you have these clueless guys and that like don't really know what they're doing and they just are willing to try anything. So that's what I did at first. And I had that one first night success. But after that, I was just failing miserably. I was going out all the time and trying all the tactics and just wasn't getting anywhere. Um, you know, I, I had a few dates and a, a few sort of quasi successes, but that was just a function of approaching more women because I was not approaching anyone before that. And that's when I realized I was like, okay, this is – let me take a different approach to this because I just – now my friends who are cool don't want to hang out with me anymore because I'm wearing all this weird shit and I'm bringing around these other weird pickup guys and my friends are like – they're all kind of like taking me aside like, Robbie, like, you know, what are you doing with all this stuff? This is a little bit like strange. And they even tried to have like an intervention with me for Uh
1: (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> a bro intervention. Yeah.
0: So um, what was
1: the bro intervention like?
0: I mean, it it wasn't like a a group of them. It was just kind of like one guy at a time over the course of like, <laughs> you know, two or three nights being like, you know, we you know, stop hanging out with these weird PUA guys. Like they're 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 strange, they're weird. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And you know, it worked. The intervention worked cuz I stopped I stopped like hanging out with a lot of those guys. Um, and then I found this company that was up in San Francisco that was actually teaching like way more normal stuff. It was still within the personal growth uh, genre, but it was more about confidence and body language and public speaking, and you know all, all the things that you would do to to make yourself just more confident in general and to carry yourself with a you know more of a power and a presence. And, and that's when I got into more of the, like, I went real down the rabbit hole on like the kind of the spiritual personal growth stuff. I moved up to Venice beach, which is like the epicenter of that sort of, you know, woo. -woo -woo. Is that like where all the cults are? Exactly. Okay. I got involved with the quasi cult even. (laughs) What?
1: Uh, (laughs) Wait, hold on. Which one? Can I Google that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was the one I talked to you about on, on my podcast the other night where, we would all like do these movement exercises on rollerblades. Um,
1: right. Yes. <laughs> it
0: was, it was just like it was so weird, man. So I go to my friends. Like you have to come. You got to meet this guy named Carl.
1: Yeah. And, you always got to meet a guy, and they're just gonna call him by the first name. It's always like, no, 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 no. You don't understand, Jim. He's like a thoughtful, mind opening. You got to come meet yep. Jim. Bring your checkbook. Come. Bring your checkbook. <laughs> but yeah, come.
0: <laughs> he's like exactly, and and. When you go, you can pay what you thought it was worth. There's no price (laughs) on it. I'm like, okay.
1: There is a price on the stairs when you don't.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So I go to this room and there's like 20 people sitting in a circle. uh, This house in Santa Monica, carpeted, like, you know, older sort of like Indian style motif. Very sort of uh, kind of like a yoga feel to it and there's this 65 year old dude in the in the circle and he's having people like go like this with their hands or like move in different directions and then the other people in the circle were kind of listening to his like you when you're doing like this it's making you look like you want us to give you everything that's what your energy is saying do you guys
1: all see that and everyone's like yeah carl we see that and um, nobody wants to be the one person who doesn't see it exactly They're like hi can i have an explanation <laughs> no you can get the fuck out of my house though uh okay Carl.
0: So yeah, it was it was a crazy cult.
1: The How long did you stay up at the Colt? About nine months. Nine months? Um, and for context, like how long did you do the PUA for?
0: Maybe three or four months.
1: Wow. So like your friends must have been all like, you know, <laughs> is Robbie still wearing that stupid vest? We got to talk to him. And then someone says, no, nah, I, I think he's rollerblading upstate with an old man. It's like, yikes. Uh, can we get him that vest back? They felt like they lost me for a while. Cause
0: I mean, they did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was under the guise of like business training. And at that point I had started a blog and I Cute. was blogging about all of my sort of adventures. Um, and I had even picked up my first sort of dating coaching client. I wasn't trying to become a dating coach, but I was blogging about what I was doing. And, um, this, this guy from Scotland, he was like, Hey, I, you know, I really like your stories. I like what you're doing. Can you coach me? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, I guess if you want to, if you want to pay me to do that, sure. No problem. Sure. Um, and so I was, you know, I was trying to build this coaching business at the same time. Um, I had, a you know, a normal finance job as well. Um but then after kind of being in this in this weird sort of culty process uh and seeing how like just entrepreneurial stuff kind of worked, it it did have a, a positive impact on a whole because it wasn't like a dangerous cult. It was just the sort of like there was a lot of feedback on how you were being and the sort of like I don't know the the weird just, just the, like if you were being in any way that people didn't like, they would tell you.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: I did, I, I did have a a few different like personas. Like I had this sort of Joe Cool thing that they called, or I had this lazy sort of personality to myself. And people called me out on that mm-hmm. shit, and, and I kind of stopped doing the the lazy thing and the Joe Cool inauthentic thing. So it did have a very positive impact. It it dusted my bank account. Unfortunately, it definitely wasn't worth. <laughs> The uh, the probably fifty grand I paid. But what? Yes. So
1: fifty grand.
0: <laughs> fifty grand. Crazy, Robbie. Shit. I know,
1: Robbie. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, how did you? How did you get out of it? I got out of it when. So my.
0: I was, I had a girlfriend at the time and she was in the intensive, like six month program with me
1: Okay, and
0: she was trying to become an actress. And Carl had another woman come through who was also trying to be an actress. But this person happened to be like the step or, or she married into the family of, um, uh, Ron Howard Okay. So, Carl said to this woman, "The energy you're portraying, you're going to be a big Hollywood star for sure. Like I can just see it right here, right there. Like you've got everything that you you need to make that that you need to become a star. What
1: a grifter! What a grifter line to say. And that's pickup. We're not we're not trying to fuck anybody at the end, but that's still pickup. That's entrepreneurial pickup. Yeah.
0: And when I heard that, I'm like." Dude, nepotism is the biggest, you know, driver of Hollywood. Of course she's gonna be a star. She's marrying into the family of Ron Howard. He's the biggest fucking Hollywood producer there is. Like, you're full of shit, man. And then I just left. Like this is Wow.
1: (laughs) Well, good for you that you were able to identify the bullshit, because with the pickup, you need your friends to point it out to you. So, uh, so how did you get into the work of being a dating coach? Like what was inner confidence about when you launched that?
0: So inner confidence was kind of a reaction against the pickup stuff. Um, it was essentially like become more confident, improve with women without being weird. Mm. And at the time there really like, wasn't, there weren't really any like mainstream dating coaches. It was only pickup companies. This was back in like 2007, 2008. I -hmm. started Interconference in 2008. Um, And so we were one of the first sort of trying to be normal dating coaching companies. We were running meetups up in LA and, you know, we would just, that's where we got all our clients from from meetup and from our, our website, just random like Google searches. So we'd have these little meetups, guys would come in, and I would just show them like an easy way to stop a girl on the sidewalk or stop a girl at a at a Starbucks or a dry cleaners and and try to have a conversation where you walk away with her contact info and take her on a date, and to do that in a way that wasn't creepy or weird, so you can you know actually get out there and and have some opportunities because most guys were were trying to use online dating and failing with it. Um, a lot of the guys that came to those meetups were. Their fashion was horrible. Their hygiene was bad. It was like a lot of just basic stuff that they didn't understand that they were failing at. But the, you know, yeah. they didn't have buddies to tell them, and most of them were IT guys. So I kind of found this niche market of of internet guys in their like late twenties to mid forties who had kind of like skipped that stage where you're supposed to be social and, and cool and normal and kind of date. They were most of them were just kind of busy trying to make money or, or playing video games or doing things that weren't very social. And then they'd get to their late twenties, early thirties, all their friends were getting married and they were like, shit, I haven't had a date in a while. I haven't really given a shit because I've been playing so many video games. I don't really care, but I should probably get this area of my life handled or I'm going to be lonely and miserable when I'm older. Um, so th- those are the type of guys that were showing up to the meetups and kind of coming on my site. And um, and yeah, that, that's kind of how the business started.
1: Because to me, like, there's some sort of audacity. And I, I don't mean this in any sort of insulting way, but there's an audacity and confidence one has to have to be a dating coach or, or to tell a bunch of men, I'm going to show you the way. Like when you started in her confidence, did you ever have any imposter syndrome?
0: You know, when when I started it, no, because I had already been like three years pretty heavy. Like I'd gone through the pickup stuff. I did all the crazy personal growth stuff. I had done other like public speaking sort of courses. I was just a hard, like read a gazillion books on confidence. I went through Landmark Education, if you've heard about that before. That's another cult well, I've cult-ish. heard of
1: Landmark. Well, I shouldn't say heard of. I should say I've had someone try to pressure me into Landmark yep. before.
0: <laughs> another cult. Yeah, as you, yeah. Another cult, another cult. Um, not as like hardcore as this other cult, but it's yeah. Landmark only gets people through high pressure friends taking other friends because they don't advertise, they don't market, and um. But the you know, just like any cult, there's some good things in there, and you know, there's a lot of obviously negative things too. Um, but through all of that training, I learned like okay, there's a lot of people who like like who am i to tell a guy like they suck at dating but if they're coming to me and even if they're only one stage below me they have something to learn almost they could they could learn the most from someone just one stage above them so that was how i kind of got over that a bit that little bit of imposter syndrome that i had in the beginning and yeah in the beginning i really had no business like teaching this stuff i wasn't a guy who was going out and crushing it and like You know, I wasn't like a smooth operator or an amazing pickup artist, but to the guys I was working with, it was, you know, I was exactly what they needed because they just needed like a big brother type to show them like, it's okay to go out and get rejected. It's okay to go out and approach a girl and fail. Like you're going to be a better guy for it. She's going to be, you know, she might be like slightly annoyed that you came and like bothered her, but you're doing you're not doing anything weird or sleazy or negative she's you know she's going to feel complimented at the very least and you're going to walk away feeling a little bit more you know alive and empowered and that's kind of the weird thing it's like the the biggest thing about the whole pickup thing it's it's literally just getting over the fear of rejection and approaching uh-huh. women when you get out there and you and for for me like approaching a random girl that i didn't know was the scariest thing i could possibly think of doing And I've had, like, you know, I've talked to Navy SEALs on my podcast who who have said, I would rather, like, go into a a secret ops mission getting fired at with lead bullets than go up to a random girl and approach her. Like, the latter is more scary. And um, just the... The experience of just doing that, getting rejected a bunch of times, but then like watching women light up and smile when you go over and and you give them a compliment or you hit on them, and then going on dates and having relationships form from that—it's like it's just a weird sort of rite of passage for a lot of guys, and it's it's super transformative or transformational, um, and that's kind of the main thing that happens when I work with my clients is they just they're willing to like to do that and that experience changes them a lot. and then they realize dating is just you know dating is just a game. dating is a numbers game. If I go out and I put myself in front of more women, I'm gonna have more success because the vast majority of guys just aren't putting themselves out there enough. They're, they're relying on online dating. They're not getting anywhere with that because you know to, to succeed with online dating, it's very looks based.
1: Yeah. yeah but you know, and there is this thing though, and I hear this with dating coaches and the concept of putting yourself out there, uh, and I do think it is valuable for one's self esteem if the approach is where your block is at. however, and this came up in my interview with Connell Barrett a few months ago. he's another dating coach, I think that's good for them and their self improvement to approach women in a respectful way in a vacuum, mm-hmm. sure, however. There could be more conscientiousness about her in as much as, you know, we're thinking about her as one individual. Oh, so long as I approach her respectfully and not a creepy way, et cetera, et cetera, fair game. That's a good place to start. But now what if she's not one lowercase W woman, but rather she is part of capital W women who frequently get interrupted in respectful ways that, in any one instance, are fine, but in totality, are really fucking annoying because it's it's a hundred respectful guys interrupting her day. Like for example, you know, Connell said he might bring a client out to a park on a nice day, and he'll encourage the guy to go introduce himself in the park to a woman who is like reading her book alone.
0: It could be street harassment, basically. You know, right,
1: right. Yeah. Each individual instance is fine, and, and if she seems not interested, you leave. That's all well and good for Jim approaching Cheryl, but when there are 50 Jims in a day interrupting Cheryl trying to read her fucking book, that's where we want to view what we're doing in a vacuum as if we're not part of capital M men who have historically treated capital W women right. in a certain way. Yeah, what we do individually is what it is, but you know it happens in a context that I think the dating coach world could be a little more mindful of. Yeah. Because right now, we're improving this guy's self-esteem at the cost of a woman who doesn't want to be bothered. I don't mean to say that like you can't approach women in public, but that there's a level above just being respectful yourself that involves thinking about the context and how she might perceive the interaction. Right. Yeah, this would be a challenge for me to approach this woman and say, hello, but does she look like she wants to be talked to? Is this the same as if we're at a bar where it's fair game?
0: Well that's where I did most of my approaches was at bars and clubs and that sort of thing. Um you know I've definitely done a ton of you know daylight style out and about park bench uh, grocery store whatever you name it approaches as well. But you know and and there is a there is a problem like you go to some of these countries like uh Serbia and like belgrade for example there's so many pickup artists taking their clients to belgrade and hitting on the locals there that belgrade has become this like pickup capital like day gamer like day gamers have ruined belgrade
1: i'm a dumb um, american where is belgrade it in
0: serbia <laughs> <laughs> belgrade serbia yeah and
1: wait like, belgrade is in serbia yeah. right serbia is in Serbia's- russia
0: uh former Yugoslavia.
1: Okay. So, cool, I'm I'm working so, on it. Our schools are terrible. You, you know this.
0: <laughs> it's where it's actually uh where World War One started. It's where Franz, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand was yeah, like killed by he got assassinated. the assassinated.
1: Exactly. See, I knew that one.
0: <laughs> yep. So lots of history there and a lot of day gamers, unfortunately. Um and no, literally, like there's there's a lot of dating coaches and pickup artists. It's a fine line, of course um, that are teaching guys to, to go out and do day game. And a lot of these guys are very clueless and the coaching isn't very good. So there's just turning guys into like street harassers, which mm. is annoying and, and it's not good for women and it's not good for a city. Um, so that, you know, there's definitely that aspect to it. What I try to tell my clients is like, okay, there's, there's so many ways you can meet women. You should, kind of find the ones that work for you. I love going to bars. I love being out and going out with my friends. And exactly when you go out to a bar, it's totally fair game. Like people go to bars to meet other people or to be social at least, you know? So, and when it comes to meeting women in, in public, like you should be able to kind of read those signals and be able to at least like, you know, if she's on her phone and she's walking a million miles per hour, like, sure, you could technically go and do that approach but odds are it's not going to go very well she's busy she's on a mission you're just going to be annoying so it's probably going to be annoying for her it's probably not going to work for you uh you know there's better opportunities and if you can understand that that sort of social protocol you're you're way more apt to to pick up on the right time to do it and the wrong time to do it so it takes and that's that's really the biggest part of the training is helping guys develop this social awareness muscle to understand yeah. social protocol better. And that's what kind of, and you mentioned this on our interview. It's like the bar is low,
1: right? For kinds <laughs> of
0: things. It's really fucking low. And if you have the social awareness to just kind of like see some of these things, and, and you can either communicate that or sub-communicate that on when you're out with women or when you're interacting with them, they're gonna be like, okay, this guy kind of gets it. This guy's cool. He's not totally oblivious to these things that are, are very obvious to most women because it's more or less like a sixth sense or something that they kind of develop uh, growing up more so than men do. And we're, you know, typically more busy doing sort of video gaming or sports, not necessarily men versus women, but masculine, feminine energy, I could say. Um, and a lot of the guys that that come to me and a lot of guys in general that struggle, they're just not really thinking on those terms. They're not thinking about like, you know, What's going on in her mind right now? What is she probably thinking about? They're not really listening when they're on dates. There's all this data that's coming at them that they're just not even – it's just whizzing by their head, and they're not picking it up.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. So now has your fiancé ever like chimed in about your dating strategies, and you were like, oh, yeah, you have a good point there? Uh, have you learned anything from her?
0: I've learned so much stuff from women um, over – you know, cause I've, I've had, I've had a lot of long-term relationships. Um, I think I've had, since I got into this whole journey at like age 22, 23, I'm 39 now and I've had, I think four, three year plus relationships. Um, and all of those women have worked with me and helped me coach, or, you know, work closely alongside of me for many years and been like integral in the business. My fiance now is super integral. She's, um, you know, she's, she's a model and she's, um, like a, a, a blogger. She's big on TikTok and she helps guys with their Instagram and helps them with their fashion and their persona. You know, she essentially helps them with their kind of outer confidence, you could say. Um, so I've learned, i I mean, when, when we first met, she went through my Instagram and she's like, oh my God, you're like the biggest fuckboy boy idiot ever. Um, which I kind of was at the time, but she's like, this picture is horrible. You're posing horribly in this picture. Like I learned a shitload from, and, and I was already like a very established guy, like dating coach giving advice on other guys. Instagram's like, wow, I, I really missed the mark on this. <laughs> so, um, and I, I've dated some really interesting women. One of them is now like a, uh, a holistic sex coach. Um, and uh, she, she was actually the one who introduced me to Landmark. So she's definitely part of like the, of course. the sort of like <laughs> woo-woo world, you could say. Um, but but yeah, I mean – when and when I do coach guys, one of the big things I do is I, I put them on video. And I bring in women and I have them interact with women on video. I have them occasionally go out and approach, and I, and I film it. Um, and then we we look at the video, and they get to see how they're being. And that's a very crazy and, like, like uncomfortable experience for yeah. guys because they've, they've never actually seen <laughs> themselves, like, in action or interacting in this way before. And, the, like, guys hate to watch it. Like, I'm sure when you first started podcasting, you probably hated the sound of your voice. You hated how you looked on video. At least I did it's tough. It's, it's, it's very confronting.
1: Now you alluded to this earlier when you were like that, the, you know, most of the people who stay in pickup are the, the guys with the ridiculous hats and shit, you know, what do you think it is about that? There are so many male dating coaches who started in pickup and then evolved out of it.
0: Um, like why does that happen?
1: Well, I guess one, do you believe that is a trend that is happening and two, if so, why?
0: Yeah, I think the average guy is, again, what what you talked about yesterday. They're clicking around online, right? How to how to run a date? How to you know how how to get a girlfriend? Right? They're they're googling these things and they're landing on whatever they land on. Uh, for me, that was a, a website called. Well, first it was the game, and then it was a website called Pickup One Hundred One, and and it, I was just like bombarded with these tactics. And I think most guys, they're gonna see the tactics and like, okay, these seem good. I'll try these out. They'll use them. And then they'll realize, all right, these are kind of tactical. I feel a little bit weird doing this stuff. And then they'll find their way to to stuff that's more authentic and more, more normal. And I think most people have that at least base level awareness when they're being authentic versus when they're trying to be something that they're not. And hopefully they get steered away by that. I think some people, um, Maybe because they lack a moral compass or maybe, you know, they, they're have a lot of negative experiences, like don't have that, that fork in the road and they stay with this pickup stuff. And then they get super red pill and, and very negative, and And then they end up like that kid at it's UCSB, like killing women, right? Like mm. that's like the evil, nasty, toxic side of what, where pickup can take you. Um, so you know, But I do think the majority of guys, because most of the clients I get are guys who, you know, they're like, I found your podcast. You're like one of the only normal guys who's teaching this stuff. And I just felt like I could be normal too and succeed. And I like that. And that's why I came to you, because you're not weird. You're not like, you know, some some like celebrity or something. Like, you're just like an everyday guy who is saying like intelligent stuff that I could relate to. And I like your podcast, so I want to, you know. Do you think a
1: lot of guys come to you ha- also having landed in pickup and then trying to find something better?
0: Oh, yeah. Most of them have studied some sort of pickup. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I'll get a few now, now more so than before when my podcast wasn't as popular. Um, like now I'll get guys who haven't studied any pickup and they just found the podcast. But up until about a year ago, there was zero guys who would come to me that hadn't studied some sort of pickup stuff or bought in some sort of ebook or some sort of like how to get better with chicks product prior. Yeah. So, I mean, luckily the stuff out there I feel is getting better. Like the majority of stuff that you'll find these days, I think like the cream rises to the top, you know, there's some great books um, like Mark Manson who wrote uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a former pickup artist and, and his stuff is great. He wrote a book called Models, uh, which is like attract women through honesty. And that's a, that's a really solid book. And, and, it, it, you know, the, the more mainstream dating coaches are, you know, it's more scientific now. It's more based on like, um, evolutionary biology and, and, and it, it's a lot, It's it's not these tactics. It's more about. Like, why are people attracted to each other? What are the what are the signals that you need to put out? How do you need to change who you're being to attract the opposite sex? And it's it's great for both men and women. So I've had I've even had some female clients over the years as well who who've you know either found my podcast or saw me at an event and they're like oh, you know can you teach me? I'm like sure of course.
1: Like, oh, Robbie. Well, thank you for making some time to chatting with me, I would love to talk again. I, you know, if you're ever in New York, would love to just talk next level stuff with you at a bar or, or do another podcast. Uh, but for now, where can people find you, find your work, find your podcast, do all the plugs, which in Ukraine look differently than mine?
0: <laughs> yeah. So you can go to my site. It's innerconfidence.com. And I also have the podcast there. It's called the Leverage Podcast. You just click on the podcast link. Um, Also, connect with me on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Robbie, R O B B I E underscore Kramer, K R A M E R. Um, You know, feel free to DM me. I answer everything. And, uh, you know, come listen to the episode where um, I had Billy on. It was awesome. It'll be airing soon so yeah man and i'd love to come back i'd love to have you back on the show too because i feel like we could talk for hours and hours and uh
1: just keep absolutely you know let's talk again in the new year for sure all right man you take care and why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody
0: yeah thanks billy and everyone listening thanks so much for uh listening to me uh, blab on i hope, hope you learned something from us
1: Don't forget to check out my episode of the Leverage podcast. I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, Also in the show notes, you'll see links to both of our social media. We love hearing from you. Like Every podcast you listen to, I promise you, unless you're like Joe Rogan or Mark Barron or NPR, they do not get enough tweets tagging them. We don't get enough um, sharing in the story and tagging us. You can never comment too much. We love we love hearing that feedback. Uh, so shoot us tweets, shoot us Instagram stories, shout outs, shoot us whatever. You can even shoot me an email. I read all my own emails. There's no assistant you're going to be talking to. It's just me. And you can always shoot me an email with your comments, your questions, your criticisms. Send any and all of it over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Now, I clipped out about the last 15 minutes of our conversation, and I'm putting it out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. Yeah, because that that part of the conversation really tackled authenticity in dating. Uh, that's going to be out tomorrow for all of my $5 and up fan whores. And again, you can uh, become a member today at patreon.com slash Podcast. Next week, oh gosh, next week, I have got on Eve Rickert. Yeah, if you don't know, Eve is the co-author of More Than Two. Eve is also the ex-wife of of a certain guest from last year, Franklin Vo. So if you remember that two-parter, we got her side of it now. Kind of. We tried to stay away from Franklin as much as possible, but it's kind of difficult. Really cool conversation, and I'm really excited to share that one. Really cool, like several weeks of good shows. Yeah, low-key, there are sometimes bad shows, but I don't tell you that they're bad shows. We got like a good string of shows. I'm really happy about it. Um, I'm not happy about other things in my life. I'm probably going to turn off this mic and and go cry, but while I'm doing that, you should go off and stay slutty. But don't weaponize that shit. Are you looking to start a podcast? Want to use audio as a marketing tool for your small business? Enjoy free credits when you use my promo code, Billy, Billy, at Libsyn.com. That's Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, or click the link in the show notes.